Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks. Ladies and gentlemen, last time on Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks, Travancore, Bernie, and Jonathan find and kill the evil bunny causing all the trouble in the Feywild. As thanks, they are offered magic items and sent back to the long road mere moments after they had left. Now back together with Carlton, they fill him in on their magical adventures over breakfast before deciding where they're going next. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren, a.k.a. Obo Crazy, and I'm just drinking tea because I'm fighting off a cold. And so green tea, all the green tea, because, oh God, I can't get sick right now. I have too much to do. Jonathan, what are you drinking? This is Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Magimuscular. And tonight I have a new drink. Yay! It is, it is a take on a drink that you may have seen if you've ever taken a carnival cruise. It, is, it used to be called a kiss on the lips, and it was made with, uh, with frozen mango, ice, peach schnapps, and grenadine. It is really, really good. What I have here, and I have, actually have a couple of versions of it, I have peach schnapps, mango vodka, a bit of mango peach juice, a bit of peach vodka, and uh, that table, that little tablespoon of grenadine. And in celebration of a piece of art that was banned in Russia, this is called a kiss on the Putin. Aww. That, that sounds incredibly fruity. I love it. Travancore, what are you drinking? I love the transition from incredibly fruity goes right to me. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, enablers. The Viceroy's choice this evening is a combination of hot apple cider from Solberry Orchards in New Hope, Pennsylvania, with Paul Masson Apple Grand Amber Brandy from Bardstown, Kentucky. It's uh, delicious. I actually threw a little allspice in here for good measure to tie it together and have it in the obligatory fancy glass. And uh, let me say I enjoy it. And if you enjoy Paul Masson, look up Paul Masson commercial and look up a very intoxicated Orson Welles for your viewing pleasure. Everything you have just said, including the very intoxicated Orson Welles, sounds amazing. French excellence! Uh, <laughs> Carlton, what are you drinking? I am John, and I play Carlton, and I am introducing a new contender into the Dungeons & Dragons & Drunks Cider Wars, Austin East Cider's Blood Orange. Ooh. That sounds good. <laughs> it is <laughs> very good. good. I went to their launch party the other night, and it was really good. I'm like, I have to go buy some now. So... Orange cider, is it lo sort of like a boozy orange soda or, or a bit different? How, it, how does that work? It's like a regular cider, but which is like a hint of orange, which is like just enough to make it not too sweet, but not too like citrusy. It's like just the right balance. Huh. All right. Yeah, I'm going to have to try that. You can have some when you come down for RTX. I, yeah. I will do that. I love that plan. Bernie, what are you drinking? So in honor of Easter, I've been like bringing together weirdo Easter-themed beers, and I couldn't find any zombie-themed beers, so I have the next de best undead thing in honor of zombie Jesus. <laughs> I have the Magic Hat Vamplifier Hoppy Red Ale, and I'm drinking it from a straw because I put a face mask on before we started this, and I realized I didn't want to accidentally drink my face mask, so I've got <laughs> a straw in my beer because I'm, I'm a special child. Because you're cool. Listen, it's war paint. Bernie is just extra special 
awesomely war painted up this morning after coming out of the Feywild. You're feeling all all magical and crazy. So speaking of magical and crazy, yeah, you guys had an adventure in the Feywild that I would know nothing about, of course. I don't know why I would even know about that. For a moment, it's it's weird because you've arrived back on the long road at your camp, essentially moments after you've left. There's this weird moment in where all of you look at each other like you had some kind of strange shared dream, but you do still have the magic items you were given, so it must have been real, and some of you are still injured from the fights, so it must have been real, and Carlton is looking at you like you guys are crazy, so it must have been real. And he may have accidentally life-drained all of you. So it must have been real. So it must have been real. <laughs> anyway, you you guys are back at the same point you were on the long road. You had woken up on your third day of travel trying to decide if you were going to continue to go north and head towards Red Larch, if you were going to head east and head towards where you know there are a, a bevy of giants hanging out, or if you were going to do something else. If last I recall, I think we were leaning towards Red Larch because Bucks made it sound like they weren't directly headed. The giants weren't directly headed to Amphail and that the figure that we saw might have some valuable information for us. Yeah, um, I think I, I think, think that's, that's where we settled on. Yeah, I think that's what we decided. Jonathan yeah. the Magic Muscular remembers this plan precisely, even though despite what happened in the Feywild uh-huh, and uh, and is is very happy to go that direction. Also, tomorrow, or either tomorrow or right before we go to bed, because I only have one third level spell left, I am going to send uh, Laros Tuff a message about where the giant camp is and that they're not going anywhere. Marvelous. While we're we're moving along, I'm going to go ahead and, and create that message that we can send him. Okay. Well, I'm going to, uh, as soon as Jonathan Magic Muscular comes out of the portal, he's like, ugh. I don't feel as hearty as I once was. Uh, I wonder if something's wrong. I don't know. It's a. Little, I, I don't have any. I'm in a, a good light, so I'm gonna just put a firebolt in my hand and and see what's going on. And as soon as he ignites the firebolt in his hands, and he's done like a lot, it ignites in the usual orange, and then all of a sudden flares up blue and white. He's like, "Holy shit! What the fuck? Are you Who? okay? I don't know. Uh, is this from the sorcerer's sweat?" Have you I, been doing drugs? I yes, it's called Sorcerer's Sweat, but I don't know what's going on. But I feel like I am an adept at this element. So yeah, I have blue flames now, just like that Azula chick from that Avatar play we saw one time. Oh yeah, that was a great play. We saw it on vacation at that island. Oh yeah, yeah. it was uh, that guy uh, Shamalam. He dire- he directed that play. He yeah. did a no, play. that version was they shit. They really captured <laughs> that, those characters em- really accurately. Oh, that's right. He did direct the Ember Islands one. Oh man, I, yeah. I heard about a different Shamalam's one that was way better. We don't like to talk about it. <laughs> oh. Well, anyway, I guess I guess this is happening, but I'll I'll, I'll figure out the uh, I'll figure out the message here. Okay. Bernie just peeled off part of her face. <laughs> You know what? The Feywild does things to people. Oh, it's like really everybody does. else's flames are blue, and Bernie just like sheds a layer of skin as like exfoliation. 
Um, <laughs> as Jonathan the Magimuscular is walking along and, and playing with his blue flames and trying not to make himself go blind, uh, he he also discovers that he can create a hand that can go out and do things up to 30 feet away from himself. He's like, cool, I was, I was thinking on this the other day, and I, I guess I finally figured it out. So he conjures the hand in front of himself and high-fives himself. Wow, Jonathan, you are just filled with all kinds of interesting talents, and I wonder how many spell slots you're wasting high-fiving yourself. Oh, none. <laughs> I, I can do this for free. High-five. And he, uh, Mage Hand appears in front of you to high-five. Wait, Bernie gives Jonathan. it a very tentative high-five. Yes. Isn't this, isn't this called the stranger? I wouldn't know. I'm not going to use it like that, you pervert. This fun and interesting conversation happens along the long road on your horses as you are heading north, and it is a good another two days of travel before you guys reach Red Larch. Can we assume that we got all our spell slots back and I attuned to my crown? Well, I was going to say, you uh, if you did want to take a short rest before you left, then you would have been able to do the attuning and, and roll some hit dice. Uh, none of those items are attunement. None of those items were, they're all, I mean, in your world, they might be, but DMG, they're not. Just FYI. If they are not in the DMG, then they're not in my world. Okay, I mean, attuning cool. So I didn't yeah. have to attune. I just stuck that fucking crown on and got disease free. Bernie's going to sleep with everything now. Ain't no STDs for her. <laughs> can it also, can we also count pregnancy as a disease? Because she really doesn't want to no. catch that. Nope, that is something different, and that's not something I. Uh, no, we're not gonna. Oh, damn. we we had that tried. discussion. There is, there's no none of none. Nope, there are certain things in my game that we just don't deal with. Pregnancy is not a thing in this world yeah. for the main characters. It is, a, it is a thing, but you know what? If you want to go down that road, that is for a different game. Uh, people <laughs> having babies, that's fine. Dungeons and dragons and babies. My game is is a lot like Skyrim. There are children, but you can't kill them, and you can't really do anything with them. Challenge and there's accepted. no, yeah, mm. no, <laughs> no. Okay, if you want to go attack a child, we'll see what happens. Oh God. I'm just warning you, as the DM, also, it will be as bad. Your fellow players, if you attack a child, we'll probably just kill you. My name is Bernice Q. Burns, and I hate babies. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome, Bloodgold fans. There is no rape or sexual assault in my game at all. It just doesn't happen. You are never going to be in a position in where that is a thing that could happen. There are other bad things Great. that can happen to you. All the sex that Bernie's going to have is going to be consensual, and she still won't yes. get no STDs. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the best of both worlds. I know. There's just, all you, it is is you go into the bedroom. And then it's Morty. It's like the Sims. <laughs> Pretty you much. Woo, it's Fade like the black. Sims. You woohoo. It's like cut sheets. Yes. Scenes of some that fumbling is... sheets. See you guys. Thanks to the horses that you got back in Amphail from your friends. This trip, which would have taken many, many more days, goes by very quickly. As I said, uh, you were about halfway to Red Larch when you woke up this morning. You guys travel the rest of the day. It's kind of this gray, overcast, disgusting day, especially after coming out of the Feywild where everything was in these vibrant, popping colors. And now you're just kind of in Seattle and it sucks. So, Aww. but you get, listen, I love I my mean, hometown. It looks fine to me. It's gray. It's I a lot it of gray. Fine. Well, you, it looks fine, but it, it's a it's kind of a dumpy day. You camp overnight, uh, no problems. Get up the next day, get your spells back, get your hit points back, get get everything well, back. Jonathan, you sent the message to Laros right before we went to bed. Uh, I'm working on it now. 
Okay. See giants 30 miles east of... Uh, would he understand yellow alert? I don't understand yellow alert. Uh, make an insight check. <laughs> I feel like yellow alert is... Uh, if you've taken in the plays of Gene Roddenberry, yellow alert should be, uh, should be something that, that is, uh, is pretty apparent. Oh. Uh, that's, uh, that's 19. Rodenberry? A guy like Laros Tuff, who has spent a lot of his time hardcore training in the, the distant mountains up north and still has to contend with an archaic accent, probably is not familiar with the plays of, of Gene Roddenberry and probably is not going to get that reference. For now, situation not critical. <laughs> Sit not critical. That he will understand. <laughs> how, many more, how many more words you got? Uh, let's see, that's six, that's 12, that is 16, four. Tell Mouser Eagle Shield. Okay, yeah, that'll work. Okay, so the message that I'm sending to uh, Sir Laros Tough, Giants, 30 miles east of Red Larch, do not appear to be moving. We'll monitor and advise. For now, situation not critical. Tell Mouser e Eagle Shield. Okay. Uh, as you guys make camp for the evening, you send off this message and... You don't get a response, but that doesn't necessarily mean he didn't. He definitely got the message. You feel that sending was received. So Jonathan gets the little red, like red at eight o two p.m. message in his mind. Yeah, like, like, little red <laughs> pretty receipt. much. See, scene eight o four. Red receipt PM. ain't never gonna get a response. I, yeah. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to have a talk with Radio Etiquette about uh, with uh, with Laros there. Just an acknowledged Roger. Your insight from before may uh, lets you know that he might not exactly know that he can respond. Okay. Well, like that, that part of the, like you warned him, hey, my voice might appear in your head and that's totally normal. And so he would be prepared for that, but he might not understand how so response would work. With the spell, I thought that they, the recipient, as long as they were intelligent, knew that they could respond. Let's see. Maybe I'm wrong. Sending. All it says is the creature hears the message in its mind, recognizes you as the sender if it knows you, and can answer in a like manner immediately. The spell enables creatures with an intelligence score of at least one to understand the meaning of your message. So he can answer, doesn't necessarily know that he can. He just, he recognizes it's you. And because you warned him, he doesn't freak out. But he might not know how so to respond. So next time, next message, I'll have to include a bit about you can respond in 25 words. There you go. Okay. Anyway, it, it definitely gets sent. Don't let me forget about that because, uh, oh, actually, I could just put it in my notes here. I will put it in my journal. Remind. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I got this. You guys bed down for the night. The next morning, get up. It's still kind of a, an overcast, dumpy day and continue your ride to Red Larch. And at the pace you're going, kind of a, a steady trot that can eat up miles pretty fast, you know that you should arrive at Red Large just before dinner time, around like four o'clock-ish. And as you guys get close, I'd love you all to roll perception checks. I like those. Okay. Shadow as well? Uh, yeah. Okay. Any animal companion as well, especially the ones that can somehow communicate with their handlers. All right. For Jonathan Magimuscular, that is a... Not good. Could you be more specific? <laughs> I, I will. Uh, that is a 10. And for bucks, 21. And Carlton? Uh, 14. 
And Travancore? Travancore got an 18. Shadow got a 9. And Bernie? Bernie got a 16. All right. As you guys spend the whole day, basically, traveling north, pretty much all of you notice this. Bucks actually notices it first. So, Jonathan, you kind of get relayed this information as he starts to notice it. Travancore and Carlton, you're kind of, and, and Bernie, you kind of are the next to notice it. Maybe like a m- couple of miles up the road. As you're moving further north and closer to Red Larch, the lush forest that's been around you, kind of the, the spotty trees, and a lot of it are evergreen trees. So despite the cold, it, it still has been green. The grass and the shrubs all seemed to be okay, but things are getting sparser. And the closer you get to Red Larch, the grass seems to have very slowly browned and then died. And trees are, even some of the evergreens look like they've lost a lot of their leaves or have turned this sickly shade of green, kind of a, a, a pea green almost. And you notice that the ground is, is a little murkier and muddier than you would like, especially for a ground that should be fairly solidly frozen. As you're approaching the town, Jonathan and Bucks have kind of warned you what to expect, but you do see ahead of you as you kind of crest over a final bridge, the town in front of you, which is usually fairly large and bustling. You're all at least familiar with this town as a place of commerce and trade and a fairly large populace, but it is deserted. The houses are open and empty. You don't see any smoke coming from any of the chimneys. And it is eerily quiet. You don't hear birds. You don't hear horses. You don't hear farm animals. You don't hear anything. Guys, do you hear that? Do you hear what I hear? If if by it's nothing. that it's nothing. you mean no- no- nothing? Absolutely yeah, that's, nothing. That is really fucking weird. Um, we should probably be careful. Yep. Hey, Jonathan, where did Buck say that guy was, that thing, the person, the creature? He was He was in the village, and um, I reach into my mind to point out which building he he went into. Well, we're assuming he. Yeah, you know, obviously, at this point, this was a couple of days ago, but Bucks definitely can point you in the right direction as you are coming north along the, the long road. There's a couple of roads that kind of branch off, and there's a main intersection where the Long Road and the Karen Road and Kendall Path kind of all meet up together in the in the town square. And surrounding Red Larch are a series of alleyways and, and back dirt roads where most of the town is actually situated. And he lets you know that to the northeast, kind of along one of these side roads, there were a series of buildings that all looked like they were houses at one point, uh, homesteads for people, not na- not any of the businesses along the main drag. And he kind of leads you in that direction. As you get into the main part of town, take this side road going northeast, and you see these buildings. Some of them look ransacked. There's scattered bits of detris on the ground. It looks like 
stuff that was dragged from homes kind of fell out here, there, and everywhere. You do see a couple of buildings that look like they were smashed with giant rocks and ripped apart as though, you know, torn asunder. But it's random and spotty. You do notice a couple of their bloodstains, but they're long dried and then frozen into kind of this muddy ground. But don't see any bodies you don't see any you don't see any animal carcasses you don't see where the blood might have come from and as you approach this side street this building that buck saw it was a house in where the half orc had darted into basically a side door and the doors are closed the there's no lights coming from inside and it seems on the outside to be empty would I be able to ascertain from what I see how long ago all this damage took place? I'll roll me an investigation check. Detective Travancore investigates. All everyone say it together. I want to get you like a little badge. Well, not with, not with a seven, I imagine. I have to go back to detective school, I guess. With a seven, it obviously not recent. At least most of the the damage you can see on your horse, you'd probably have to do a little bit. You'd probably have to. Get off the horse, pick something in specific, and really examine it. But kind of your cursory glance around, trying to see what you can see from the horse as far as age, it's really hard to tell. Speaking of horses, and I wasn't able to find this in the group, how would combat work? Would we have to be trained in that to be able to, to use them for combat? Would we have disadvantage? Would we have to dismount to fight? So you basically don't have advantage or disadvantage in anything. None of you are... are trained on a mount and none of you have military saddles except for bernie so basically if you're on the horse there's there's no advantage or disadvantage to any of you if you were to try to fight on the horse uh, melee would be difficult because none of you are trained for that travancore you could shoot from the back of a horse but if you are attacked while you're on the horse then you could get knocked off. And as these are large horses, you could take some damage and fall prone. So that was basically what Laros Tuff had. You do remember him telling you because uh, you guys are not trained as mounted combat. He recommends not getting into mounted combat. But the horses have a little bit of training and so that they're... They won't be spooked and run the same way kind of your regular draft horses might in the middle of a fight. Reggie! <laughs> Reggie would, would bolt. These Reggie guys are made of slightly bolt. sterner stuff. But he, he did recommend until you guys got some training on mounted combat, don't fight on a horse. All right. So I'll dismount from Kutura uh, and do another check. Uh, specifically, I guess I'm a building nearby that is a appearance of damage to see if I can get some more information. Okay, there are two buildings nearby. One of them, the door is open and it looks like just kind of a general ransacking. There's also across the street, one of these buildings that got just half demolished by a a huge rock. Which one would you like to investigate? Huge rock. All right, go ahead. Uh, As we enter the town, uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular casts Mage Armor. All right. As Jonathan Mage Armor is up, you walk over to this small but what looked like it was a well-built house the front entrance way is just crushed by this rock that is the three and a half four feet in diameter and go ahead and roll an investigation check eight it's a big rock ah looking around it's a little hard to tell it hasn't really snowed here and 
with nothing else going on in the town, there's no obvious signs of any movement or any, you know, it's not like there's snow that's fallen on top of this rock or anything. So it's a little hard to tell how long ago this happened. Bummer. Can I, I'm going to hop off Horsey McCourse face and kind of going towards the house where Bucks pointed out. I want to try to see if I can like pick up any tracks and try to see if I can't track that person creature thing. Yeah, I'm going to let's uh let's pick a spot where we can just tie all our horses to and then and then fan out from there. Okay. Yeah, uh, there's plenty of places nearby that you guys could dismount and tie up your horses. I mean, I'm staying on Coco's So do you want survival for that tracking? Okay. Yeah, Bernie's going to stay on Coco's Newt. Uh, you're specifically looking for tracks? Yeah, give me a survival check. Uh, 22. Okay. You search the ground. Uh, fortunately, the mud on the ground kind of helps a little bit. And you do remember from Bucks' description that this was a half-orc you were looking for. Not necessarily one of the, you know, not quite like you in size, but still not a small creature. And yeah, you very clearly pick up tracks leading in and out from this side door of this building. The tracks... The most recent tracks look to be several hours old, so not terribly recent, but there are quite a few of them. So most and recent are the ones that are several hours old. Are they to the door or from the door? Uh, those are from the door leading out. Leading out, and it okay. Looks, yeah, it looks like in all cases, in and out, whoever this was, uh, they were not, they were going quickly. This this was always hurried movement. Okay. I guess I gotta go up to the side door. Anybody object to trying to go in there and take a look? I uh, was gonna knock. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like, yeah, let's hi kind of deal. Why don't I knock with Mage Hand? That way we can we can back up and it just in case he like this this orc guy like blows up the door or something. I don't know. Stuff can you happen. You really wanna use that mage hand. No, I don't. You I'm really just, wanna use that it's mage safety, hand. Bernie. It's safety. We could do it from all the way back here. So I go up to like knock and I see a like a floating spectral hand come next to me in the same knocking. I'm like it's like side by side with my fist and I kind of just back up slowly. <laughs> all right. All right. Jonathan knocks on the door. I do a shave and a haircut. Bump bump. Now you don't hear any response. Yeah. The big hand okay, op- tries open to open the door. Okay, let's open this door. door. Yeah. It's open. It is unlocked. Yeah. You... And the mage hand goes up. like he it does the the stop like s- sign for for you know tactical stuff, and then it goes like it it says to go in. All right, I'll go in first. Because the mage hand can totally see. Well, no, I can see. <laughs> I'm just sa- I'm just making you do that. I don't. I, I'm assuming it's safe to go in. We'll send the big guy in the house first. All right, that sounds Carlton like a great is going idea. first. Is anyone else joining him, or are the rest of you waiting outside? I'll join him. Bernie's gonna chill and maybe heal you fools if you. I don't mean, it is a half orc, and I'm a half orc, so like my people, and so like gotta be a friendly face here. Well, actually, I think it was an orc, but she just said Lauren just said half orc. Was it a half orc? I thought it was full orc. You saw an orc, but it was kind of older, smaller, punched. So you're not exactly sure. I might have said half orc, but yeah, you just said meh. half orc, but whatever. Anyways, either my people or half my people. Okay. So All right. So I could converse uh, with them um, if they don't speak common. <laughs> so Carlton and Travancore enter the house. Bernie's going to hang around outside. Jonathan, what are you doing? Uh, I will also hang out outside and I'll tell Bucks to fly a perimeter. Uh, don't go outside uh, 100 feet and stay out of trouble. Okay. He starts to 
do his little perimeter. Uh, Carlton and Travancore, you guys head on inside. Fortunately for you, your dark vision helps you see inside of this house as it is pitch black. You now see that the windows have been covered over with cloth. Um, Some have had bits of furniture pushed up against them. Whatever it has taken to kind of block out the light in this in this house has been done. And while the door was unlocked, uh, you do see that all the doors in this house are closed. Uh, unlike a lot of the houses that you guys have come past in the last few minutes as you've entered the town. It's a mess. The place looks ransacked. The furniture is half destroyed. The room that you enter seems to be kind of a a main living space, fireplace off to the left. You can see in the back a kitchen that looks like it has been thoroughly ransacked, just pots and pans lying everywhere. And it is just kind of this weird mess. I'd like the two of you to go ahead and roll me investigation checks. As I'm looking around, I shout out to the door. I'm like, hey, Jonathan, good thing you didn't come in here. You wouldn't be able to see shit. I'm like, oh, I've got goggles now. But he's got his goggles. Carlton don't know that. Don't worry, I got it. Uh, 17 for my investigation. Sometime over the last two days, you've never mentioned, oh, I've got goggles now, but let me see. I'm sure Jonathan the Metromuscular would have bragged on his new shit. Yeah, but I'm sure Carlton The only reason I know about Bernie's crown is because it looks great on her. That's, you're damn fucking (laughs) right it does. Carlton, what'd you get? Uh, 17 for investigation. And Travancore, what'd you get? 10. And is Shadow staying outside, or is he coming in with you? Shadow's in with me. Would you like him to roll an investigation check as well? Yeah, sure. Can never hurt. Have him roll an investigation check. You got it. Well, it's not going to... Oh, gosh. Negative four. All right. <laughs> Let's see. 11. Hmm. It's actually not too bad, considering. Okay. He did one better than you with a negative yeah, four. It's true. Yeah. He, he does. Yeah, so actually, Shadow and Carlton, as they creep around the room, very quickly they're able to find in a corner... A pile of, from the a distance, just looks like more detritus lying all over the place. But they, Shadow kind of smells something, and, and Carlton, you kind of notice this seems to be more sleeping bag arrangement than just random pile of stuff. And while you don't find anything, it is very apparent to you guys, this is, someone's been sleeping here. Hmm. 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 Uh, hmm. Hmm. I love hmm. Hmm. Three times. What's up? What'd you say, buddy? Just crunk. That's it. Okay. That's what he normally says. Meanwhile, Bernie and Bernie Bucks and Jonathan, I'd like you guys to roll perception check. All right. Oh, that was. All right. Jonathan Man's muscular. Real bad. Oh, (laughs) he doesn't see shit. Uh, Bucks. Bucks gets a 17. Good thing he has advantage. Yeah. Okay, Bucks Bucks got a 17. Jonathan, what'd you get? A four. And Bernie, what did you get? An eight. All right. Uh Uh-oh. The two of you are standing there kind of keeping watch, and you don't see anything. It's still creepy. It's quiet and creepy quiet. Bucks, as he's flying overhead, he is unsure, but he thinks he sees some movement. Not directly next to you, but closer into the center of town. He thinks he sees some dark shapes, and when he kind of looks over in that direction, they disappear. Um, Bucks, bring bring it in. He's so he saw shapes on the edge of the sh- uh, forest. Then, right? 
Uh, no, in the center of town. You guys are kind of along the side of town. Uh, you you went off the main road to go to this house that he had noticed the orc had run into. And he, as he's doing kind of a perimeter above you, closer to the center of town where the two main roads meet, he saw some dark shapes moving. Couldn't really identify what they were. Um, and when he focused in on them, he lost sight. Okay. But he saw something moving. Okay. Yeah. Back it up, Bucks. Come back to us. Hey, everyone, looks like there's some activity in the center of town. Let's uh, let's put a pin on this and, and head that direction as a group. Me and Bernie would check it out, but if it's something nasty, uh, better better that everyone knows what happened to everyone else. In case, exactly. in case we get sucked into horrible darkness. I would prefer not to get sucked into horrible darkness. I, Should I we leave also, a note for the sleeping bag guy? No. Uh no, we'll we'll probably find him. We don't we don't want to know him to know just yet that we were going through his shit. Okay, so you guys are gonna come back outside and kind of form up again and head towards the center of town. Yeah, yeah. Travancore, Shadow, and Carlton, as you guys come outside, go ahead and roll me perception checks. You got it. I can do that. My skill <laughs> checks are pretty good today. I'm going to go really shitty in combat though. Oh, yeah. That's how that All always right, works, right? Seventeen on perception. And Travancore? Travancore rolled an 18. Shadow rolled a 3. Okay. Shadow gets kind of... He was able to get into the house fairly easily. And now on the way out, he's just having a little more trouble getting out the door than he was on the way in. So he's just kind of... He's being quiet and it's not... He's not really stuck. He's just... It's uncomfortable for some reason. He couldn't... The door jam kind of gets in his way. But the two of you, as you come outside, Jonathan lets you know that Bucks saw something. And so your your senses are kind of on alert. And you guys notice that there is movement across the street from you and as you kind of squint in that direction you see uh, a flutter of wings and then the movement's gone and you, you think you hear someone speaking hmm. do we know what language they're speaking uh you couldn't make it out to to determine what it was it it was too it was almost not even someone speaking it was almost kind of someone giving a ha huh huh uh, <laughs> oh, what? This is that's not good. All right, let's uh, let's be careful, guys. That's that's kind of fucked up. Cause considering everything that else that's going on in this shitty place, yeah, it's not good. Are they Eric? Eric chickens? They're our chicken friends. Eric Hoka. That one. <laughs> you just saw flutter of wings. How big down, were the wings? So you're really unsure. All right, uh, Jonathan Magic Muscular is gonna is gonna walk that direction. Yeah, uh, come on, guys. Let's let's get this over I'll, with. Uh, I'll right. follow. Let's, along with let's, let's embrace this, this full with. force. That's really what we're going with now? That's a hell of a rallying cry. Well, there's some sort of horrible monster out there. I'd rather face it sooner rather than later. At least we know it's not a child. Let's get this over with. It's not the most inspiring battle cry, battle rally. Well, let's let's put it this way. If we get into this shit, then I'll probably come up with something a little bit better. Okay. We're counting on you, my friend. All right, let's walk into the center of town and just make ourselves available for attacks and all kinds of fun things. Well, wait, are you guys heading to the center of town? Or are you heading... So Buck saw shapes in the center of town where Travancore and Carlton saw these winged figures were literally... Uh, in the opposite direction, but across the street, maybe just behind the buildings across the street from you. Okay, let's let's check oh. those out first because we don't want to leave those things behind yeah. us. No flanking. Yeah, so you, 
So you guys are kind of the building that now Cocos Newt Bucks and Shadow are in, even though I know they're not really in there. That's the building you guys just came out of. And then across the street are kind of these series of other houses. And it was behind that building that you saw the figures. I'm going to go over that way and say, hey, I'm a friend of Soria the Bard. <laughs> I think that'll work super well. You do that. Bernie, I, I really like your confidence in me. It really helps boost my morale and my self-esteem. Thank you. I know. That's why I tell you these things. It means a lot to me. As you you kind of approach the right side of this building and peek around, calling out that, that Soria is a friend of yours, you hear that sound again of like a, a female voice just kind of going, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I want to keep walking around and see what I see. All right. You continue around the side of the building, and as as you kind of peek around the left side, um, and you finally catch a little bit of a glimpse of this creature, which seems to be half hiding behind a, a, a small tree, um, you hear her start to speak again. You don't understand the words, but it's almost like she's singing, and I would love for you to make a wisdom saving throw. All of awesome. us are just, just Carlton. Uh, just Carlton. Hold on. I want to counterspell that if i can uh you can't see the target i think to counterspell you have to see the target okay at the moment you don't see anything but guys i think he's... i might be falling in love because i got a five all right so while you hear this song let me ask uh, what are the the three of you doing in this moment as carlton comes around the right side and has this moment can we still see him i don't like the fact that we can't really see him anymore can we still see him uh, as he moves around the corner, no. So if you guys would like to essentially take an action and move. Bernie yeah, wants to I, do this. Where's Bernie? Can I move Bernie? Is that a thing? Hold on. No, I can't. Just tell me where you'd like to go. The other direction around the house. Jonathan okay. the Match Muscular would have We're been. We're going to do a pincer move. Would have been near Carlton because Carlton is his favorite haste target. Okay. We're going to do a pincer yeah. move right here. Guys, remember how I said I was gonna I was rolling really well in skill checks, so that's gonna fuck us during combat? Lovely. <laughs> yeah, I was right. Well, I guess Travancore and Shadow will move like on Bernie's side to sort of like do this sort of uh Pincer. Yeah. It's a very popular thing they tried to do. Not hair across All move. of World War One was an attempted pincer move. A double envelopment, if you will. So as Bernie, Travancore, and Shadow move around the left side, kind of as Carlton moves forward, calling out to what he hopes is an Aarakocra, Jonathan, you move up behind Carlton on the right-hand side. You still don't see anybody, but you do now hear... It sounds like a woman talking, and it's just kind of outside of your your hearing when you see Carlton's face light up in joy, and... Uh, Everybody can roll initiative. This is exciting. Why do I think that we're going to be fighting sirens? Because we're probably going to be fighting sirens. Bernie got a pretty sweet ass initiative. Or harpies. That's I, I, good. Jonathan the Magimuscular may have been asleep during harpies his uh, his, fanta his fantastic beast class. So harpies, haven't you watched Last Unicorn? Uh, Jonathan, the actual person, has. Jonathan the Magimuscular yeah. didn't catch that play. Yeah, I didn't see that. He was on a date that night. Well, it's a good play. Such a robust education I'm getting on plays. All right. So let me get some initiative orders. Uh, Bernie. Rolled a 17. And Travancore? 18 for Travancore, 15 for Shadow. 15 for Shadow. And Jonathan? 
17 for Jonathan the Magic Muscular and uh, 19 for Bucks. And Carlton, what did you get? Uh, 21, but I'm already in the turn order for you. Oh, and then Bernie, what did you get? 17. You got 17 too. What's your initiative modifier? It's a plus zero, so it's just a straight 17. Is it a plus zero or a minus zero? It's a plus zero because the glass is half full in Bernie's universe and filled with gin. I was going to say, does the lemonade stand half full? Lemonade stand is, there's <laughs> there's always money in the lemonade stand, guys. I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> Wink. All right. So the first person to go is actually Carlton. Carlton, you have become charmed by this lovely creature um, qu- who is just coyfully hiding behind a tree singing to you. Um, you do see a couple of what probably are her sisters, enchanting creatures, but your eyes are just locked on this one that you saw when you came around the corner. Uh, And so you need to spend this turn moving towards this creature because she has captivated your soul. Hey girl, what's up? I'm a friend of Soria's. All right, you move in next to her, uh, kind of around the the, the small tree. Um, she smiles at you. You smile at her. She you continues look a little different to than sing. Soria. Soria's more birdie than you, but I like what you got going on. Yeah, she is definitely uh, much more human-like, except for these wings, and you don't even really notice the claws or anything. No, um, she don't even really notice the claws. Love is blind, and so will Carlton be <laughs> soon. Where exactly is Bucks right now? Uh, Bucks is going to be uh, kind of back and away, and he is going to, as per normal, just sort of like stay back here, uh, and and keep a lookout. Uh, keep a lookout going okay. this way. Kind of keeping a lookout towards the center of town where right. he saw those those creatures. Yeah. All right, that's what he's going to do. Travancore, I need you uh, to make a wisdom saving throw, please. Here we go. Um, when do I get to try to save again? Oh, uh, oh! you do get to make another saving throw at the end of your turn. Sorry. You can go ahead and do that now. Wisdom saving throw. Right. All right. Only get advantage on initiative. Never mind. Let's see. Man, you're just like Soria. You guys are awesome. 22. <laughs> okay. So, Carlton, you got a... What'd you get? A five. All right. Do you know the fight song that Soria plays? Ba, 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 ba. I forget how it goes, but you guys probably know it. You guys sing so well. Travancore, you hear this song as you kind of come around the corner. It's sweet, and you're kind of captivated by it for a moment, and then you just kind of shake your head and get it out of your head and realize there's a there's a sour note to this, and there's there's something wrong. Y'all are overrated. I'm, I'm going to move up uh, just far enough that I can get like uh, within the line of sight of the first one that's near Carlton. So that should be 1, 10, 15, 20 feet. That should be plenty. You can move five to you can actually move fifteen feet and be at that corner right there. That's fine. And you actually have a, a line of sight on all three of them. Carlton is standing next to the one who is on the ground singing, and, and the creature that you see is a little horrific looking. It is mostly the body of a woman, uh, a young woman, naked, long, dark hair, hollow eyes, but her hands are distorted into these horrific claws. Her feet, um, they do look like bird feet, but they're warped and twisted. And she's got these huge wings that on a very quick glance, 
look like they could be aracocra wings, but the feathers are are brown and shriveled, and there's a there's an almost palpable odor coming off of these creatures as you round the corner and you see Carlton just staring in adoration at the one that's singing and these two others a little further back slowly also in dead trees kind of making their way towards you. All right. I am going to cast uh, Hail of Thorns on this arrow that I'm about to launch into this this bird broad. Okay. Anyway, it's going to be a 24. All right. And this is on the one that's next to Carlton? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it hits. All right. I'll roll my darnage. Traffic, or is that any way to treat our new friends? Yes, it is. That's so impolite. I am so sorry for my friend here. He's from a different area. He doesn't know how to behave around beautiful Carlton, we're going to have a conversation about this later. Oh, nice. So I got 11 for the arrow. Okay. And I also got a roll. I think there's to be a saving throw for, uh, for Halo Thorns. It is a dexterity saving throw. All right. She. Oh, she's going to fail with a four. Oh, yeah. And I get advantage because I see this happening. Uh, 22. Yeah, any creature. So Carlton would be, like, in range of that, too. I guess in the back of my mind, I'm hoping that he only takes a little bit of damage, so that it'll snap him out of it. Uh, but I'm thinking it's urgent. I need to get... I'm the, even if he takes a little bit, I can I can hit her for worse, because she's getting an arrow in her, too. That's my logic, okay. at least. So I get a 19 on my saving throw against your thorns. So Carlton saves, uh, but the, the harpy does not. So she's going to take an additional, ooh, six damage, and Carlton will take a mere, a mere three. All right. She takes it. She continues to sing, to sing, but you see her kind of reel to the side. And as she sings, she turns her face towards you, her sunken in eyes now kind of angrily looking off in your direction. But she does continue to sing. Okay. All right. Anything else? I am going to take like one step back so I'm not in her line of sight. All right. And that'll you do that. And that'll be it. Again, I apologize for my friend. Jonathan, it's your turn. I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. All right. Don't fuck this up. I can do that. You fucked Uh, it up. I may have fucked it up. Uh, 12. Ah. You hear the song of this creature. You haven't seen anybody yet, but you see Carlton kind of mesmerized head towards the the source of this song. You hear it too. And for um, a moment, it's the sweetest thing you've ever heard. And then you kind of get distracted for a second by why is Carlton running off? And then you realize, no, wait, this sounds... This sounds horrible. What's going on? Oh, fuck yes. Okay. <laughs> I thought, thought I was a uh, thought I was going to be mesmerized as well. All right. Well, I've got You were very close. I uh I'm going to have my own mesmerizing uh tune here. So, I'm going to come up to like right there. Mm, okay, so you come around the the house and you see these these three creatures as described. And I say Carlton, no! And pop a fireball right there. All right. They have to make deck saving throws? Yes. All right. We'll start with the one on Carlton, and then we'll go to the one to the left, and then the one much further back. So When I see the one... fireball leaving him, I'm like, Jonathan, no! Our friends! Nope, nope. It's it's for, it's for our own good. Yeah, they you'll like take me fire later. Carlton. He's <laughs> yep, doing yep, them they, They're fine. We're just, we're, we're sending him home. Carlton, we're sending him home. All right, the one next to Carlton got a nine, so she failed. Uh, the next one got an 11, so I'm pretty sure she failed. And a 12, so I'm pretty sure all three of them failed. Nice. A blue-hued fireball erupts in the middle of them, and doing 25 points of damage. Nice. So, Carlton, for a moment, you are 
horrified as the one that's been singing to you so lovely just completely goes up in flames like a Roman candle and is left smoldering on the ground dead. And then as the song ends and your mind clears and you kind of realize what was going on and what you were doing, you aren't too sad anymore. The other two look very singed and you hear shrieks of pain, but are still there and they start catcalling to you. I catcall back. I'm like, yeah, Ups of yours, you feathery little bitch. <laughs> I look at the one in front of me like, ooh, fried chicken. Anything else you'd like to do? <laughs> nah, uh, Jonathan the Muscular is good. <laughs> All right, Bernie, it is your turn. What would you like to do? Bernie's going to cast Silence. Okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> Bernie figured this out immediately and wishes she could have cast Silence earlier, but turn orders a bitch. She's going to cast silence in the spot that gets these two harpies, like right in between the okay. two of them. These How big of a silence can you make? I can make a pretty big silence, actually. For the duration, uh, so yeah, casting time is one action, range is 120 feet so from you. So for the duration, no sound can be created within or passed through a 20-foot radius sphere centered on a point you choose within range. Any creature or object entirely inside the sphere is immune to thunder damage and creatures are deafened while entirely inside. Casting a spell that includes a verbal component is possible there. So you do have to pick a spot to put it. I'm going to pick the spot that's like, there's like, if they're the two, just right perfectly in the middle of these two sirens. Okay. Or harpies or whatever we've decided they are. Ah, well, you are not exactly sure you would have to roll a nature check in order. Sirens, but actual descriptor sounds like harpies from everything I remember from Greek mythology class. That's going to be it. Okay. Yeah. You create this giant area in the back of this house where everything just goes quiet and the cat calling that was coming from these harpies goes silent. And I blow them a kiss. <laughs> yeah, and you, Carlton, you also notice that um, everything around you has also gone completely silent, um, including yourself. Like, when you move and you can't hear your own breathing, you can't hear anything anymore. I let out the biggest fart and try to listen, and then smile and giggle that is with no sound. Carlton. You don't hear anything. Thanks to do. <laughs> All right, Bernie. Uh, so actually, you would have had to have moved. I moved Oops. however close I needed to move to do that. Yeah, I not not terribly close. You you need to you don't need to move close at all, but you would have probably had to move to there next to Travancore to make sure you had line of sight on the spot that you plunked the silence in. So you only moved ten feet, but then you went and big wall of silence. Anything else you'd like to do? Um, no. Bernie's Bernie's cool. Bernie Bernie fixed the problem <laughs> for the time being. For the time being, Shadow, it is your turn. All right, Shadow has, per my calculations, just enough movement to be able to get up in the the face of the harpy that's furthest to the left. He's got 40 feet of movement? Yeah. Or is that double moving? He has 40, so. Oh, then yep. Just enough. All right, and- It's a little weird as he goes running into this this space, because he charges forward on your command. (laughs) And as he gets close and- goes into this area that Bernie has muffled, essentially, Shadow goes silent. And you can see him still. But there's no, you don't hear him at all. His claws, when they dig into the ground, don't make any noise. You don't hear him growling. And as he starts to do his attack, where normally he would let out this fearsome roar, you just see his mouth open. 
Wow. All right. Well, he's going to do a very quiet claw. <laughs> uh, 20, not natural. That does it. Wonderful. That's going to do six darnage. Uh, you would hear this harpy scream in pain if any noise could get out of this area. Okay. Anything else? Shadow's donezo. It is their turn, the one that's on Shadow. Okay, she pulls out from the 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 ratty pants that she's wearing a club, and she's going to do a multi-attack on Shadow. She's going to go after him with her claws and then try to hit with the club because she's a little freaked out by this giant bear in her face. Uh, so the claws, uh, 14 versus AC. That'll hit. That's going to be nine slashing damage. Oof. Oof. She she rolled max damage on that one. And then the club is going to come down. He said nine. Oh, but that's going to be uh, eight. And I don't think that hits his AC. Eight will not hit. All right. This other one is going to fly. Oh, fun. Not far off the ground, but she's then going to swoop around. Jonathan, she is going to come after you with her club and her claws. All right, bring it. Uh, 14, I don't think, gets through your mage armor. It does. It, it bounces off the force field. It's like, ugh. And the club does the same, fails miserably. And then she opens her mouth and starts to sing. And I uh, need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Can I counterspell that? You can try. I would like to try and counterspell that. So that I need to... I think I make a caster check against her. It's the first time I've done this. Yeah. Uh, and the interesting thing is she's not technically casting a spell. Oh, then I don't think it would work because it's it's a spell cast because it also depends on... Roll me an arcana check. Even though we're kind of not on your turn, roll me an arcana check. Uh, 11. You don't think this is a spell necessarily to be countered? She is, this is, this is something this creature can do. Like, you're, you would be kind of familiar with harpies. You don't know if you can counter this. Okay, then I'm not going to bother. I'm just going to kind of wince and take it. All right, well, then I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Woo! Uh, 18. Yeah, you wince and it's out of your head. It, it was, it was almost easier this time. If Carlton's in the silence bubble, he can't hear her sing. Nope, he can't hear her. Um, he can't hear her at all. And I'm just trying to figure out what turn order at this point. Okay. Um, Jonathan, you feel Bucks um, because he has been sent to, he's kind of further back keeping an eye on things. He's kind of perched on top of the house that you guys were inside of just to get a really nice view of everything. And a couple of dark figures that he'd been kind of seeing and then not seeing, they um, have now made it to behind the house that you were in and are quickly moving in your direction. Guys, we got him coming. Move everyone uh -oh. to get into the silence bubble. Also, I should probably keep track of the spells I've used. Buck sees three of these figures. He now recognizes them as the shadowy figures that he had been kind of half seeing before. Now they come darting from around the house. They look weird they're small like foxes but they're completely black they've got these long fox tails that kind of extend for an extra feet foot or two and seem to be furry but maybe 
maybe barbed. You're not sure. And they've got these piercing red eyes and they move incredibly quickly around the house and seem to be just darting in all of your directions. Uh, but Carlton, it is your turn. What would you like to do? Um, well, I don't hear them coming and I was facing these guys. So I probably wouldn't have seen them coming. Finish off the things that can disable you. So Bernie can yes. cast a different spell. So, <laughs> yes. So I would probably go after the, I look at JMM. I'm like, ah, he's fine. I'm going to go help out bear buddy. You're going to get into flanking One, two, with him. Three, four. Yeah, so I go there, and uh, she's going to get uh, Halbrid to the back. Uh, a 19 to hit for a 13. Yep, that'll hit. Um, and yeah, you slice into her. You actually clip her wing, and she looks super All hurt. right, that's the first attack. Second attack, same thing. Soft 20 to hit for another 15. All right. It's weird when you kill something when it's quiet. You expect screams and blood and guts and gore and just all kinds of horrible noises. And you see the horror on her face as she dies. It's almost human, but there's no sound. And it's it's a little creepy. All right. So that was 20 feet to her. So I'm going to move 20 feet back towards Jonathan. That is my turn. All right. It is Bucks's turn. He sees these creatures approaching. He is going to fly back and yell, danger, danger, danger. He's going to end up like right here uh, on the roof of the house. Travancore, it's your turn. So Travancore, seeing that Shadow is out of danger, but also seeing this guy approaching, um, thinks there are worse places to be than whenever. Is that silence thing is still in effect, even though the creatures are all dead? Yeah, it's in effect for 10 minutes or until I cast another spell that requires concentration. So... Travancore is going to use his movement to get uh, right next to Shadow. Well, not right next to Shadow, but basically like one space away from Shadow with still within the cone. So straight ahead, basically. All right. So you are now in the silence. Excellent. All right. And Travancore, appreciating a good moment to uh, to be contemplative and meditate, is going to launch one of his uh, arrows at this, uh, this fox guy that's coming um, towards his way because he doesn't appreciate this fox news. Sure. And oh, my God. Oh my god, I hate you. Doesn't matter. It's a 23. It does it. Alright, so, so that's going to do seven damage to this uh, this fleet fox. Alright. Uh, it gouges across the side of this thing, and you see kind of a splatter of dark purple blood, but it, it keeps kind of loping in your direction. Okay. And with that, I end my turn. Alright. Jonathan, you have a harpy in your face. I do have a harpy in my face. What is the best way to deal with Harpy in face? She's harping on you. She is harping on me. Let's <laughs> go ahead and uh, let's Flaming Sphere right behind her. All right. So it's right next to her. In my head, Shadow farts and it's, the sphere appears and he still thinks he's a fire bear. <laughs> <laughs> the fire bear <laughs> strikes again. Uh <laughs> All right, it's going to be, uh, she needs to make a dex saving throw. Uh, that'd be a nine. I doubt that that succeeds. So seven fire. All right, she is even more singed and looks just hurt and bloody. And and you can hear her and her screams are uncomfortable for your ears, but she is technically still alive. Oh, well, you got the one ball. Now you get the second. And uh, the fear is going to come around and place itself right here. And she needs to repeat the th saving throw. Oh, that would be a wow. natural one. She's going to fail miserably at that. All right. Everybody seven drink. more fire damage. She goes up in that ball of flames and is very quickly incinerated. Anything else you'd like to do? 
Uh, let's see. I've got a movement, and so I'm going to move uh, this way and yell, Foxes! Oh my god! Terrible, <laughs> horrible like fox things! Ah! <laughs> All right. Bernie, it's your turn. Bernie's going to move kind of like right behind Jonathan, like kind of in between everybody. So in the silence or outside of the silence? In the silence behind Jonathan. A little one, one square back. And she's going to be like, all right, these things are dead. And she's going to be like, everybody needs to huddle up close because Bernie's going to trade silence out for spirit guardians. All right. So the silence is going away? Silence is going away and the spirit guardians are around me. It's a 15 feet for the duration. But they're always centered on you and they move with you, right? They're, they move with me. And the thing is that an affected creature's speed is halved when they get into spirit garden, guardian zone. And when they enter for the first time on a turn or if they start their turn here, they have to make a wisdom saving throw. So Bernie's like, okay, okay, everybody, everybody get in the Kelly Rowland area, the general vicinity of the Kelly Rowlands, please. Shadow, it's your turn. Okay. Shadow roars, finally. <laughs> Makes a noise. <laughs> and uh, he knows these guys are coming. Feels much better about his life. Yeah. Yeah. So what? he's going to probably stay more, oh, he's going to try and get his, I don't know how close he can get to, to Bernie without spooking Bernie. At this point, I don't think it matters that much. Yeah, uh, at, the, at the risk of opening himself to an attack, to an opportunity from Bernie, uh, Shadow Shadow is going to move wow, like right, right next to Bernie for the first time, and right. uh, he is going to ready a uh, All claw. of the little Kelly Rollins kind of squint at Shadow in a menacing way, and Bernie chuckles. <laughs> All right, Shadow kind of very gingerly moves next to you, Bernie, and then takes up a defensive posture. These guys, they're going to start moving. So, Travancore, this one rushes up to you. Lovely. Uh, this one is going to enter the Kelly Rollins. So, what's the thing that happens? Um, their movement gets halved and they need to make a wisdom saving throw. Well, he's going to stop there anyway, so he's plenty of movement. That'd be a 16. What is your spell save DC? It is 16. So, he met your, your DC. Yeah. Uh, so anything happen when he meets it, or um, I don't know. Does it have to like? I don't know what your rule is because it yeah, just meeting says... is is beating the DC. Okay, successful save. It takes half the radiant damage. That's why I need to know. All right. So how much damage is that guy gonna take? Takes six damage. It would have been twelve. That's so disappointing. All right. So he's gonna move there. And you see him just kind of those evil red eyes of this beast just kind of glaring at all of you. Uh, the one next to Travancore is going to try to bite him. That's a 20, not natural. That's going to bite me. Uh, you take 10 piercing damage. They're not big claws. I mean, as I said, this this thing is kind of almost, uh, it's a little bigger than a fox now that it's next to you, but they're needle sharp and they just snap into your to your leg and it hurts. Carlton, he's going to do the same thing to on your side. Uh, that's a 22 versus AC, so I think yeah. that hits. And that's seven piercing damage as he doesn't do quite as good of a job of sinking his teeth into you. And then Bucks sees another one of these harpies uh, come flying from around the, the house that you guys were in, singing in almost this festive kind of song. And Bucks can very clearly see, even without any 
without any roles or anything, she seems to have her eyes on these beasts that have come and attacked you. Um, and she's just going to move to there, and that will end her turn. Carlton, you are up. You've got a a black fox of death in front of you. Do I know what a black fox of death is? Go ahead and roll a nature check if you'd like. You have disadvantage on this roll. Okay, I have disadvantage? You have disadvantage on this roll. Uh, 14 either way. All right. You're not sure if this thing has a name, but you do know that these things are, they're like bad luck dogs. They follow, you've heard of them showing up on the battlefield after a massive war. You've heard of them after a natural disaster kind of showing up. They're scavengers and predators and just bad luck follows them wherever they go. Nah, uh, nah, I don't want none of this bad juju. So I'm going to rage. Okay. Uh, because uh, I feel like my rage will help prevent the bad juju, uh, even though it's not specifically stated as such. I just That's the way I feel. And he's going to get a couple attacks coming at him. Okay, you have disadvantage on all of these attacks. With your rage, if you do decide to frenzy, it'll cancel each other out. Uh, reckless. Or reckless, I'm sorry. Let's see how we do on the first one. All right. Uh, a 18 to hit. And that's with, that's the with a disadvantage? I nice. rolled a, t- a 20 and an 18. <laughs> all right. Yeah, you hit. All right, uh, that's 19 total. Do you need me to split it, or are they resistant to necrotic or slashing? They, I don't believe, are resistant to necrotic or slashing. Okay, then that's uh, 19. Nope. Is he still, like, get, casting that bad juju up on me? Uh, yeah, you can definitely right. feel it. Uh, yeah, let's go another swing. All right. One of them was a crit. Ooh. The other was a 12. <laughs> 12 does not hit. Uh, you, you sink your halberd in the first time, but the second time, it, it's as if you almost see this creature in another space and just completely miss. Goddamn bad juju dogs. Anything else? No, I'm good. It's still early in the morning. They go get exhausted. Okay. Bucks is up next. He's warned Jonathan you about this incoming harpy. Is there anything else you'd like him to do? Uh, Not at the moment, no. Okay. Travancore, it is your turn. I need you to make a wisdom saving throw, and you have disadvantage. Lovely. All right, let's see. Wisdom. Oh. Ah. The worst, like, the so the high roll was a natural 20, but that doesn't matter, so you can drink in your heart uh. if you want, but um, the low roll is an 8, so. I, I will drink to the last natural 20. All right, you I drank are, to mine. You're kind of focused on this weird fox creature in front of you, and how... Just it feels bad to be next to this thing. And then you hear this lovely voice coming from across the way. And you see this beautiful creature standing there looking at you, beckoning you to come towards it. Target take a dash action on his turn to move towards the harpy by the most direct route. It doesn't it does not avoid opportunity attacks, but before moving into damaged terrain, blah blah blah. Okay. So you feel compelled to move towards this creature. Um, how far can you move? Okay, my movement is 30, 40 feet. All right, so you are now standing next to this creature, uh, this this lovely lady who wants to chat with you. Meanwhile, the uh, fox creature gets an attack of opportunity on you. Uh, that's a 22. That'll hit. <laughs> Fortunately, kind of rolled crappy, and that's 10 piercing damage as it kind of snaps at your butt as you head towards the harpy. Ow, my butt. You can now make another... Wisdom saving throw. Five, ten, fifteen. Uh, and this you do not have advantage. You you do not have, disadvantage. Do not have disadvantage. You can just make a straight wisdom saving throw. Here we go. 
Hey. Oh. This lovely harpy standing next to you is just the most beautiful thing you've seen in a while. Wow. All right. Okay. Jonathan, it is your turn. I need you to make uh, a wisdom saving throw with disadvantage. Twelve. So from around the corner, you hear another singing creature. Oh, actually, six, uh, 15. Never mind. It wasn't that dire. <laughs> you hear another singing creature, but immediately recognize the sour voice of a harpy and just shut it out of your mind. Okay, uh, which of these uh, bad bad juju foxes looks most hurt? The the one Carlton attacked easily. All right, uh, let's see what this does. Uh, the flaming sphere is going to move up right behind him. Okay. And he needs to make a dex saving throw. That's a 17. Oh, he makes it, so he's going to take... Half damage. Oh, nice, five damage. All right. It's a little creepy. This thing doesn't make any noise when it takes... You see it take the damage. You see some of its fur and um, some of the weird spines on its back just go up in flames, but it's silent. All right. Uh, let's see here. We are going to just... We're going to burning hands it. And Carlton, it, get, it sh- gets shaped out of the way, so he needs to make another dex saving throw. That'd be a 14. He does not save, so he's going to take four damage. Thanks to my blue flame, it doesn't quite <laughs> it doesn't quite suck that much. All right. Uh yeah, he's got fire on both sides of him. Once again, you you see this creature getting hurt and it's definitely taking all of your damage, but it just doesn't make any sound. It's weird. I'm going to move back here. All right. And if that is all, Bernie, it is your turn. Okay, so this is a concentration spell, yep. so I'm still concentrating, but I get to do other things. Um, like cast prayer of healing on everyone. Everybody needs this pretty bad. What's the range on prayer of healing? It's pe- creatures I can see up to six, I think. Uh oh. Six creatures of my choice, which in within range each. Okay. I will say you'll probably have to move a little bit to see Travancore. Okay, I'll shuffle uh, let's enough see. to see Travancore. I guess that's gonna bring the other fox into the the Kelly Rollins. Yeah, you could either you could either move behind Shadow to see Travancore, which would mean the fox that's next to Carlton is no longer going to be in in it. But the one five, uh, actually, yeah, you'd basically have to move so that the one that's next to Carlton won't be in your your uh, Kelly Rollins anymore. But you could move closer to another one if you'd like. I'll move closer to the other one. I'll take the chance on the Kelly Rollins zone. I got a bear next to me. Okay. So you kind of shuffle around Shadow to the other side, which puts the the fox that Travancore was next to is now in your zone. And now you can clearly see all of your friends. So I get to do a lot of heals on you guys. Everybody gets 16 points back. <laughs> cool. Woohoo! Which puts almost all of you. Wait, 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 wait. Are are you looking at prayer of healing or are you looking at mass healing work? Two D eight plus spell casting ability modifier. That that's prayer of healing. That's the one that takes ten minutes to cast. Oh shit! What is mass healing word? Mass healing word is the one that you can do as a oh, bonus action. Oh yes. Oh, I can do it as a bonus action. <laughs> So in uh, yes, that casting case, time is one bonus action, but it only does okay. 1d4 plus your spell casting ability modifier. So here's what we're going to do to get around this, because I realized I should have done this last time, is as my action, I'm... Oh, they're both bonus actions. Well, f- <laughs> fuck me for not paying attention. <laughs> We've had this talk before about mass right, healing just, word and prayer of healing. I thought that just healing word was going to be... Can I make healing word my action and mass healing word my bonus action? <laughs> 
Hold on, hold on. Let me look up healing word. Or I'll do something else as my action. How about that? You could always sacred flame. Because I got healing world pearled up, and it is a bonus action. Cantrip. Yeah. I will. I will say I'll let you do healing word as your action this once. I'll let you. Travancore is gonna. I'll die. let you do that. So you can you can do that. But so it's mass healing word is the mass one that gets everybody. But it's only one d four plus your spellcasting modifier plus any of your other bonuses. So I'll I'll let you do that. Why not? If you're gonna okay. take your action to do a bonus action, sure. Okay. So first, I'm gonna healing word on Travancore because he's the mostest dead. Okay. Yep. I know that I'm technically letting you do something that is I think 100 percent against the rules, but eh, why not? So spell spell casting ability modifier is the same as spell attack modifier, right? No, spell attack modifier oh. is a little higher. Your uh, what's the what do you use to cast your spells? Is it charisma? Is it wisdom? Wisdom. So what's so your wisdom modifier? Wisdom. Oh, it's just wisdom modifier. Okay, cool, 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 cool. So it's pl- it's still a lot. You still get a lot. You'll still get things. You'll get at least five. Okay. Okay. Travancore specifically gets six, <laughs> um, which is really good. Um, better than not six. Better than not six. Yeah. Let me tell you what. And the mass healing word is my bonus action. Everybody else gets pl- and Travancore as well, and then also <laughs> another six. So everybody gets six. Travancore gets twelve. Six is for everybody. Yay! Yay! And there was much rejoicing. Yay! Yay! Yay. I don't think Jonathan Magic Mushroom. Did you take any damage? Not yet. Okay, but other people did, like the bear and Travancore. Yeah, yeah. So. I. Me. Yeah, you can you can spread it out among everyone yeah. else. I'm good so far. Um, and that's Bernie's turn. And then when so I guess the foxes if they're next. That fox has to do his saving throw. He will on his turn, but first it is Shadow. All right, Shadow is going to run, I guess, through Bernie's space now that they've kind of reached uh, understanding and try and attack uh, this fellow with a. Make it clear, Bernie was never going to kill Shadow. She was just going to the... let him die evil fox thing <laughs> yeah evil the flea fox yeah so okay all of his attacks are at disadvantage okay understood right, here we go well it's too bad the, uh, the high roll was not another natural 20 but uh it's gonna be a 15 that will the 15 will still hit though so go ahead and roll damage there we go all right she's gonna be a bite oh nice max damage eight yeah shadow sinks his teeth into this thing a kind of paying uh you back for getting bitten by this thing shadow's teeth are much larger and he does an, a nice chunk of damage the the fox shies away and kind of pulls back out of his grasp doesn't make any noise ah that is just so weird man Th- they are creepy anything else that shadow wants to do nah he is done okay Let's start with the the beast next to Shadow. What's the saving throw it has to make now that it's inside your circle of death? Um, It's a wisdom saving throw. That is an 11. I don't think that saves. That's not going to save. 17 damage. <laughs> Kelly's mad. <laughs> Kelly's a little pissed She's off pissed. at this whole... Kelly's like, I can sing better than all these bitches. Oh, yeah. You don't As- know what you mean to me. So uh, Bernie's spectral guardians slash this beast up as it reaches out to return the bite favor to Shadow. That's an 18 versus AC on Shadow. 18. Yeah, that'll hit. Uh, It's going to be 12 piercing damage. Carlton, the one next to you, is going to try to bite you. But I don't think a 14 hits. Nah, nah, I don't. It go away. Shoot. All right. Shoot. Shoot, bad juju. Uh, he stays, well, actually, he is going to 
move around there and get away from the flaming sphere. Oh, he is entered. He has entered the rolling zone. I'll, bum, I'll bum, say bum, in bum. his... He's, he would be smart enough to keep out of it, but he is desperate enough to get away from the flaming sphere that he will enter the zone. Oh, he has to do a wisdom saving throw. Sorry. And oh, if you're shit. in the zone, you're he's gonna so distracted get fucked up. by the flaming sphere. He rolls a, a one. That's 22 points of damage. Oof. All right. This thing stumbles. It takes so much damage and just barely is still alive. Shit. How are these things alive? Isn't there? They're hardy little beasts. And also beasts. they move slower now that they're in the rolling zone. Don't forget. Yep. Uh, they've got a lot of movement. That one is just going to go to there and glare at Jonathan. But he's not going to do anything else. Uh, the harpy is going to continue to sing. This harpy is going to reach out. And Travancore, it looks like she's reaching out with uh, lovely soft hands to cup your face as she claws at you. I thought the, ah. the phrase cup your something was going to end slightly differently. Yeah. Not in this game. Oh, that was super close. Uh, That'll be a 24 to hit, so I'm assuming she slashes you. Uh, I lovingly lovingly await her cupped hands. Okay. You take six slashing damage as she just rakes you across the cheek. I've seen seen plays like this. They were not savory plays. (laughs) So radiant. And she will stay there and continue to sing. Carlton, it is your turn. What would you like to do? I don't like the bad juju dogs, so I'm going to go reckless against it. Okay. So that'll cancel out the disadvantage, yep. so it's just a straight roll. A 18 to hit. That does hit. Go ahead and roll damage. Uh, 16 damage. Uh, you, as it kind of shifts around you, you bring down the halberd uh, right into its back and just sever its spine and it dies. Good. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. Uh, this one's going to get an attack as well. Okay, you still uh, have reckless. disadvantage. That's uh, still reckless. Okay, so it's now even. Straight. It's still a wash. Wash. Uh, wash. 24 to hit for 19 damage. All right. That one gets super hurt as you just, you basically like run into it with your halberd like it's a, a spear and just hit it right in its kind of its back hind legs. And it spins a little bit from the impact, but stays on its feet. Uh, bears its teeth at you, but does not make any noise. As I'm running up to it and I'm stabbing, I'm like, do you feel lucky, punk? Well, do you? <laughs> Fucking Anything else? No, dogs. he doesn't. He no. feels very unlucky. All right. Uh, no, I'm just going to wait for the bad juju dog to do his thing. Wait. So if it exudes unluck, does it itself feel unlucky? Well, maybe on your turn you could roll something to ask, uh, but it is Bucks' turn. What would he like to do? Uh, he's going to continue to keep a lookout for... You know what? It's time for him to get in the fight. He is going to... <sighs> he is going... He sees Travancore in trouble. Okay. And he is going to fly right here behind Travancore, and he is going to give him scritch, scritches in the back. To try and aid his saving throw, like make him uncomfortable so he doesn't, uh, he, he, he can better resist the music. All right. So you're using the aid action. Yes. He's using the aid action on Travancore. All right. Yes. Travancore, it's your turn. Creature can also repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns. So at the beginning of your turn, you just lovingly gaze into this harpy's eyes, kind of feel the blood along your cheek and in wonder. Oh my God. That is so fucking creepy. <laughs> So, you can make the saving throw. But first, I have composed a haiku for the harpy. Wait. I didn't know haikus 
Or typical love poems. Go ahead and haiku us. Angelic vision wafts deftly into my sight. Transcendent lovely. <laughs> wow. As you say this, the the smile on this woman's face grows huge, and you can almost hear her coo in joy, and it just fills your heart with a warmth that you haven't felt in a while. Like the warmth of my cheeks. Like the warmth on your cheek. You feel this scritching on the back of your shirt, and you realize that Bucks has tried oh. has like grabbed onto your shoulders. Ah. So aid gives Travancore advantage on this throw on this saving throw? Yes. Okay. Um however five, ten, fifteen. Oh, you are outside. Okay, so you do have advantage. I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Here we go. Alright, the high roll is nineteen. Woo! Alright. As you get distracted by Bucks kind of clawing into your back and your focus is taken off of the heartbeat for just a moment, when you look back, it's as though the woman in front of you has vanished and now this horrible, maimed, uh, disgusting creature is just leering at you with sharp claws. What did you do with the hot woman? <laughs> <laughs> That's Jonathan. what I've been saying. Bucks kind of gives a eh? <laughs> yeah, owl Jonathan, shrug. It is your turn. What would All you right. like to do? Uh, a flaming blue ball is going to end up right here, right next to this one stealth fox that uh, that tra- that uh, Carlton is fighting. Okay. JMM is going to back up to right here. Scorching so you ray. Pedal next to Bernie. Oh, you know what? He's going to. St- He's actually going to go right here. So he he and the he's going to take the place of where the uh, flaming sphere went. And then as he okay. does that, he is going to uh, scorching ray this one right here. Okay. Is that an attack or a saving throw? It is an attack. Okay. And for a moment, you feel like the you might be far enough away that you're not feeling this bad juju. Excellent. So here comes some attacks. Uh, that is going to be a twenty-four. That'll hit. 18. That'll hit. 19. All three hit. Go ahead and roll damage. All right. That is going to be 16 points of damage. All right. As as blue phasers fire from, from Jonathan the Magimuscular's finger guns. Pew, 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 pew. And all three of them slam into the body of this thing, and it reels from the impacts. Uh, still not making any noise, but uh, Carlton, you can clearly see this thing is just on its last legs. Good. Oh, it needs to make a dex saving throw. All right. Oh, that's that's only a seven or six. I'm five, six, seven. It is either way. It fails. All right. It's going to take nine more points of fire damage. All right. Uh, You see, Carlton, you watch as these three blue lasers slam into this creature. And just as it seems to have suffered through all of that, the flaming sphere crashes into it and it goes up in a fiery ball of hell and dies. Special delivery. (laughs) All right, Bernie, it is your turn. All right, Bernie is going to move towards the heartbeat. All right, how close would you like to get? Close enough. How much move? Close enough so I can't get right up next to her, can I? How much movement do you have? Uh, that's a really good I believe you can do 25 feet since you're small, and 20 feet will get you right here, uh, and 25 will get you right there. Yeah, you could get next to the harpy if you'd like. Bernie's going to walk right up next to this fucking harpy. You can basically get next to Travancore. Yeah, that's fine. And, and the harpy. And diagonally, so, yep. I can get my hands on the harpy. And Bernie's rather upset at what she has done to her friends. So she is going to cast 
inflict wounds. Oh. And she's going to cast it as a level three spell. Jesus. Bernie's like evil. No chill in that touch. In case in case that doesn't work, there's always there's literally always the Kelly Rollins. Cause she assumes that between the rest of her friends, they can take out one fucking fox. Alright. Is this an attack or a saving throw? It's an attack roll. Okay. Uh you feel as you move that final five feet, like you're finally far enough away from this fox that you're not gonna be affected by its bad luck. Does a 16 hit? The harpy, yes. 16 okay. does hit. So I get to roll. Go ahead and roll on. all of the damage. 5d10. Yeah, <laughs> this thing This thing is. Oh, that's awesome. 5d10. It's going to wither away into nothing. And when I look at it, I say, I grab it by the wrist, and I say, wither and die. And I deal 26 damage. <laughs> so it is just pulled back from Travancore, who has now just realized what this creature is before him. And so you, with your uh, little gnomus hand, reach up and, and grab the wrist of this creature who is unable to, to jerk away in time. It's this tiny little wrist, and you feel like you're strong enough. You, you might actually be able to break this thing's wrist, but you channel your anger at what this thing has been doing to your friends through that wrist and into its form and as you say wither and die it does the the (laughs) wounds course across its arm up its body and the horrified uh sunken-eyed vestige of this harpy just kind of raiders of the lost ark i've just opened up the the ark of the covenant and and face melts in front of you and travancore you watch as basically moments before this beautiful woman changed into this horrible creature that now just withers into a pile of bones before you and dies wow bernie just dusts off her hands like and looks back at the fox and winks (laughs) bucks holds up a hand to high five as a bonus action (laughs) <laughs> Holds up a, a wing. A wing. He's got a high wing. Bernie will. Well, you can't really high wing Bernie. It's gonna have to swoop in low. <laughs> All right. It is Shadow's turn. Shadow is still next to the one ill luck fox that is left. Shadow's gonna take a bite out of the ill luck fox crime. I guess. All right. Will an eighteen hit? Uh, an eighteen will hit. Yes. Lovely. That's gonna do four damage. Yep, it's still standing there as uh, Shadow is able to just get a chunk out of kind of its its hind quarters, and it spins around to bear its teeth at Shadow, kind of mirroring the two of them. But while Shadow is growling and snarling, this thing is just intently, silently staring at him. Shadow is going to attempt to <laughs> conjure a fire. <laughs> 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 Go ahead and have him make a intelligence check. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Poor Shadow. This is the moment where all his dreams come crashing down. Reality bites. Let's see. Ten. You see him lock eyes with this fox, and the snarl turns like low grumbling, and... Jonathan, you almost think that you hear Shadow speaking words. It's weird. It's like he's... (laughs) (laughs) And and nothing nothing happens 
And Shadow looks a little confused. Oh, buddy. You need to put that fucking spear, like, right up next to that damn fox. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I have to preserve this bear's belief. Did Shadow find out there's no Santa Claus? You need, to, you need to like ready a firebolt to go off as soon as he like like opens up his mouth so he thinks he's shooting it. There is no fire claws. Well, as as Shadow fails to conjure fire, this um beast is going to try to bite him. Ugh. Uh, that's a 24 versus his AC. I think that hits. Yep. And so that's 10 piercing damage as this thing clamps down into Shadow, uh, grabs him in, in the, the shoulder as Shadow is trying to concentrate on, on, on fire spell somewhere. And Carlton, it's your turn. All right, it'll take 60 feet, so I don't want to waste my that. All right, so I'll go 40 feet, so ooh, 5, 10, and I'm going to chuck two javelins at it. Where do you all right. keep all these weapons? I have a bag of Your holding pants now. don't... Oh, okay. The question was, where was he keeping those weapons before? And the answer was, like Guybrush Threepwood, that they were in his pants. I just thought they were in his butt, like everything else. Most things usually are. You do still have disadvantage on this on these attacks, unless you are doing them recklessly. I'm going to go reckless then. Okay. Uh, 12 to hit. That misses. You, Oof. the one that died next to you kind of felt your, your normal body return and you kind of forgot as you ran towards this other one what that bad luck felt like Fucking and just bad missed. juju mm. all right second javelin will be a soft 20 all right that hits uh they'll do eight piercing you actually clip off part of its tail and it looks super hurt but it is still standing uh, anything else good all right i don't like this juju but whatever it is what it is it's bucks's turn I have a question that may affect what Bucks does a lot from here on out. Okay. So sure. if he were to fly within five feet of this enemy, could he do the help action right right next to it and then continue with its flyby with his flyby away? No, I believe in order to help you need to be because the idea is you're conferring aid to someone else to help them on their turn. It says, you can lend your aid to another creature in the completion of a task. When you take the help action, the creature you aid gains advantage on the next ab- oh ability check. Okay. Uh, help uh, Help should be, I thought aid is ability. Oh, oh, oh alter- is hold on, hold attack. on. Alternatively, you can aid a friendly creature in attacking a creature within five feet of you. You faint, distract the target, or in some other way team up to make your atta- allies attack more effective. If your ally attacks the target before your next turn, the attack roll is a- made with advantage. Yeah, so you'd still have to... Basically, what Bucks is doing is he would fly next to this creature and be a big distraction for when, say, Shadow attacked. So he would need to be there within five feet of the creature doing the distraction. The same way Bucks needed to be next to Travancore doing the aid when Travancore made the roll. So whatever he's either aiding or distra- or doing the help action, he needs to be there to do it on that creature's turn. So no, he can't do a flyby. It doesn't say that, but we'll go ahead and go with that interpretation. Uh, it just says you're providing a distraction. So like in the case of like, of like scritches on Travancore, he could come by scritch and then run away. He's, and he's already done the scritches. And same with the, with aiding on an attack, he comes by, shakes his little tail feathers, is like, Yoo-hoo, look at me, and then and then flies away. And then he's Will like, you do that again? Yoo-hoo, Yoo-hoo. look at me. <laughs> and then he flies away and is like, 
And the, uh, the creature is like, wait, what was that? And then attack with advantage. I think in order for the wait, what was that? The wait, what was that needs to happen when your friend is attacking. I so, figured it was, and, since it was all simultaneous that... Well, it's not. It's within six seconds of each other. It's, it's you know, in game purposes, he needs to be there helping when your teammate is doing that action. And if he leaves, then I'm, I'm going to say no on this one. Okay. I, I think he needs to... All right, then he is going to fly right here. Actually, he's going to he's going to fly by high wing Bernie. Okay. And then Ooh, what's up? and then end up right here on the top of the house and continue to look out. He flies to the top of the house. Uh sure, and he looks around, he does not see any other creatures nearby. Travancore you watch as Bucks flies up, gives Bernie a, a wing high five and flies up to the top of the house. Okay, I'm down one haiku slot, but I can make this work. <laughs> All right, I turn back around, facing the uh, the bad luck fox, and yeah, just for funsies, I'm gonna charge my flare bow. All right, you are just out of range, and so you do not have disadvantage. Here we go. Uh, twelve. That just misses. The fire goes foof by, and you actually see shadow kind of follow the fire for a second, but the the arrow misses. Huh, nerds. Um, well. You know, fortune favors the bold being all that. Um, I, I'm actually going to end my turn. I'm done. All right, Jonathan, it's your turn. All right. So it can make it, but it's going to hurt other people, and I can't sculpt this. So we're going to- You gonna... should not put it near that fucking bear unless you want to be the one that kills your best friend's no, pet. No, no, that's With why- fire. That's why I'm putting it Shadow's right there. Shadow's not my, my pet. That's Travancore's pet. So- We'll talk about it later. That's a whole other conversation after combat's over. So I, I see sh- I see Shadow, like, apparently throwing a blank when he tries to throw fire. And so, I, I like like you said, I try and time, like, a delayed uh, firebolt to, to hit the thing and to try and make Shadow think that he, that's his firebolt. That's his, like, little right. fire fist going. All right. So, an attack. And I think you are far enough. Yeah, you're far enough away. All right, that's like a 23. That is like a hit. Go ahead and All roll right. damage. Uh, 10 damage. <laughs> Average. So describe in gory death, or in gory detail, the death of this creature. So Shadow is is engaged with this thing. They've locked eyes. He grunts what he thinks is, because he's been watching me cast spells. So he grunts what he thinks are arcane words. He's like, rawr, 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 and then like throws his fist. And for a second, he's like, oh, he gets the realization starts sinking in that maybe he's not a fire bear. But but Jonathan, the magic muscular is like running up. He sees this. So he shoots a fireball. He puts it right by Shadow's fists. It hits the thing. So it was a bit of a delay, but it looks like Shadow's fists set this thing on fire as it as it melts in front of him. <laughs> And yeah, as this beast goes up in a in blue flame and you give kind of this this self-satisfied smile, Shadow's eyes widen and you could swear you see him grin and it is <laughs> adorable. I as Aww. I'm running, I'm like I silently go, "Yes!" And, and just so <laughs> he doesn't hear. I'm like, "Shadow, great job, buddy. That was one in a million." <laughs> 
All right. I'm going to give you guys extra experience for that because that was awesome. Woo-hoo! Good job, Fire Bear, buddy. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, good job, Fire Bear. This is going to bite us in the ass at least once. <laughs> As you all gather around Shadow to congratulate him on being Fire Bear, you get a total of 2,850 experience. I gave you some extra for the RP of the Fire Bear, which I thought was outstanding. And then I need you all to roll perception checks. All right. Soft 20. Okay, so 20 for Carlton. Bernie? Bernie got a 7. Okay. Dravencore? Firebear's tired from uh, his cast, so 4 for him. Uh, 10 for the Viceroy of Glenmar. And Jonathan? 13 for, for, Shet, for Bucks, who at the end of the fight uh, flew onto Bucks' head and spread his wings majestically as if he were a fire crown. And how about you, Jonathan? What'd you roll? 10. Okay. Carlton, as everybody is celebrating Shadow being the fire bear that he is and and killing off these horrible creatures, you hear a voice coming from pretty far away from the the house that you guys had been starting to investigate. You hear a, hey, hey, get inside. What are you you doing outside? Get, Get in here. And you peek your head around the house that you had come around to fight the harpies and and back towards the one that you had been investigating and you see the door is ajar and there is a dark figure inside you can just barely make out some orcish features and he is waving towards you uh and he says get inside before more of those things come all right everyone into the house i go inside we all go inside or i go inside at least shadow does too all right, so Carlton kind of lets you guys know what he's hearing, and you all rush into the house. The figure holds the door open for you and then slams it behind you as you all rush in. You can see that he looks wary, and after he closes the door, he kind of pauses for a second and listens as you all... <sighs> and you can see this figure now. Um, It is uh, an orc. Not sure half-orc, but definitely the one that Bucks saw when he flew over before. Older orc, kind of hunched, you can see lines and pockmarks and old deep bruises and scars. This thing has been alive for quite a while. Um, He is almost shorter than Jonathan from his hunch, and but his eyes seem very alert. And as he listens intently at the door and seems to nod for a second and then looks back at all of you and says, what in the nine hells are you all doing here? And you can answer that question next time. Aww. As we wait until next week to see what this this creature has to say. Thanks for listening to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Follow us on Twitter at Dungeon Drunks or www.libshark.com and see you next encounter.